Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. You loved us so much. Oh God, that you sent your son Jesus. You gave us your only begotten son Jesus. You pursued us. You pursued us. To restore man to God. To reconcile us to yourself. So Lord, today we say thank you. We thank you for your goodness that has led us to salvation. We thank you for your love toward us on the cross of Calvary. Through the shed blood of Jesus, we are reconciled to God. We who are no people, we are now the people of God. We were in darkness, and now thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercies that are new to us every morning. Great Lord is your faithfulness to us. God who has called us to fellowship with your son Jesus and to fellowship with you in who you are. Your glory. To fellowship with you in your power and your might in your wholeness so I pray today and commend your people to you to the very God of peace who will sanctify each one in spirit soul and body and present everyone whole free from hurt and harm in the name of the Lord Jesus let your word sanctify us today let your spirit purify us today in the name of the Lord Jesus and present us, your people, unto yourself as a glorious church, a church filled with the glory and the honor and the majesty of the living God. And do people with power today by your spirit. Strengthen people in their innermost being by the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you give to our human spirit revelation, revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding to behold wonderful things in your word today. Give to us the spirit of wisdom, yes, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Let us see Jesus, and in seeing Jesus, may we see God. Oh, how we thank you. How we bless you, how we love you, how we magnify you. To God be glory, to God be praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory be to God. God bless you, saints. I thank God for the life of the team with me in the sanctuary today. Praise God, the media team, part of the worship team. Thank you. Thank you for the administration. 
Preparing our hearts for God's word today. Hallelujah. I want to thank you all for joining with us. Our World Missions Ministries family in the United States, Maryland, Washington, Virginia area, in Florida. God bless you. And also our family around the world. All of you are welcome. I'm Pastor Anthony Turkson, and it's my pleasure and joy to share with God's word, declaring to you that the darkness of Satan's power is over. Know this. Satan's power is over. He has no authority over your life. And the true light of Jesus shines today, shines so brightly with salvation, healing, deliverance, peace, power, and prosperity for all who believe in God and trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 May you be blessed through this word. As we look today at the subject of wisdom, we're looking at the manifold wisdom of God. Today's title is the manifold wisdom of of God. Hallelujah. The manifold wisdom of God. It's found in verse 10 of Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. We'll look at where the title is taken from and then I'm going to read it again but in context. Context means I'm going to go to a few verses before verse 10 and maybe a few verses after. So Ephesians 3 verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. So the title is straight out of the scriptures. Ephesians 3 verse 10 talks about what? The manifold wisdom of God. Manifold just take the word itself Break it up. As you can see, uh, there's the word many in many fold. And then, of course, fold, F O L D. So we have many, many fold or many aspects, many varieties. If you were to take a piece of paper and fold it up, fold it up to a tiny piece and then open it up or unfold it, you would see many different lines make on that piece of paper. In fact, if you fold anything up, you would see many different angles, you would see many different shapes on it. So, manifold means that which has many aspects many folds. It can, it can be unfolded 
into many different parts, many different aspects. So that's one way of looking at it. It's many, it is varied, it's a lot. Amen. Right? Many fold wisdom of God also means many colors. So many fold or many aspects, variety, multicolored, multifaceted. Amen. So the colors are many. Today on my podium, I brought different colors. I put different, many colors to express, uh, to bring out this word that's in this, the title of today's teaching. God's wisdom has many different colors to it. Amen. I brought, I brought material from uh, Ghana, West Africa. It's called Kente, Kente cloth. And you can see there are many different colors. Very beautiful. It's rich. It's, it's just vibrant colors. And it's actually woven. God's wisdom is intricate. The kente cloth from Ghana, West Africa, is woven. And it has intricate designs and many different very rich, very beautiful. So I have that displayed on my podium today because of the message. God's wisdom has many different colors, many different aspects. God's wisdom has, is intricate. It, is, it has many different designs. Amen. So it's not one. It is not mono. It is varied. Amen. It is not mono one, it is poly. It is many. In fact, the word manifold comes from a Greek word from which in English we have the word poly or many. And I just will really will not spend too much time on the Greek. Uh, but the Greek word is polupoikilos. Polupoikilos. And the pole part, I just want to say it to show you the poly or many. So the first part of the word in Greek, polu, poi, kilos. Polu is like many, much, very. It's a lot. Again, we have the word poly. That means many. Comes from that Greek word, polos, which means much, many, very different. Poikilos is the varied aspect of it. The many different sides. Different sides, different sides. So God's wisdom has what? Different sides. It has, it's really of infinite variety. Amen. It's, it's, uh, it's innumerable. You cannot, you cannot calculate it. It's just beyond human understanding. God's wisdom is beyond human understanding. So that is a problem. If we need God's wisdom and it's beyond human understanding, then how do we get it? Because we need God's wisdom. In fact, God tells us to seek his wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Wisdom is the principal thing. If you obtain wisdom and spiritual understanding, you build your life, you build your house with wisdom. So we need wisdom. But God's wisdom is not human wisdom. And humans don't have God's wisdom. God's wisdom is hidden from man. So how do we get God's wisdom? Since we need it in this life, and God tells us to get it. And it's not one thing. It's many. It's many fold. If it was one thing, maybe it would be easy to find it, discover it. But here, once you see it, it is actually many fold. It's diverse. Amen. It's like, let me just use this example in this world. Uh, in this world, we have people of different backgrounds different ethnicities, different colors. Now, if you only know of one group, right, you could you can be, you can have a PhD of knowledge about one group, but it does not make you an expert on all of humanity because there are different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different varieties. You understand that? So in this world, there are different people, right? And to, to know about like different cultures, you have to, you'd have to study, you'd have to visit, you have to travel. You have to find out about different, like different people. Do you see? God's wisdom is not one color. God's wisdom is not one thing. It is multifaceted. It is multicolored. There's so many. As we saw in Ephesians 3.10, the Bible says, the manifold wisdom of God. And this manifold wisdom of God will be displayed. God will put his, his, his wisdom in the many aspects, the varieties of his wisdom, the different hues of his wisdom, uh, the different colors of his wisdom, the different shades and tints in his wisdom. He would make it evident to principalities and powers through the church. That is through your life. Through you. I mean, this is just amazing. Through us, God will show forth the colorful expressions of his wisdom to principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Through your life. You are special to God. Amen. God says, through you, that is in fact the body of Christ, the church, God will show forth, you display the colorful expressions of his wisdom to principalities and powers. Let's read Ephesians 3, verse 10 again. Actually, let's go in context. Let's take from verse 8. So the title is from Ephesians 3, 10. We're going to kind of read it in context. So take from verse 8. Ephesians 3, verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles, or heathen, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul says here that God called him to preach God's grace to the Gentiles. That the Gentiles will come to know what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. The never-ending, unfathomable riches of Christ. I mean, it is 
so deep, so many, it is limitless. Wow. That which cannot be exhausted. Amen. God would speak that through Paul to the heathen, to the Gentiles. Amen. How God loves us. Verse 9. And to make all men see. So part of God's wisdom is for us to come to know the riches of Christ, which the Bible says is limitless. Amen. So we'll keep, we'll keep learning on earth. It will be unfolded to us. And when we go to heaven, according to Ephesians 2, it will take the ages to come, eons of time, for God to reveal his kindness, his love, his grace, his mercy to us. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to know that he is loving, he is kind. He's loved you from eternity. And you never change his mind about it. This is something Satan could not get. Satan could not understand. And Paul says he was called to preach this to the heathen, to the Gentiles. I keep emphasizing the Gentiles because that's what he said. Paul was called to the Gentiles. Obviously, there are Jews also. Peter was called to the Jews. Paul was called to the Gentiles. To preach, what Peter was called to preach to the Jews, the same thing Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles. So we see God reaching out to the Jews and to the Gentiles. That both may come to know of the unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 9, and to make all men, all humans, all people see this, get this, receive this. What? To see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Fellowship means to participate in, to partake of, to share in something. Amen. To fellowship, what is the fellowship of the mystery? Which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. It was hidden as a mystery. That no one knew, but has now been made known. Paul said he was called to preach it, to share it. It was hidden in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. For this purpose, for this reason, to the intent, Ephesians 3.10, to the intent that now, when now, not after you die and go to heaven, no, Right now in your life here on earth, right now, unto principalities and powers. That is referring to the devil and his courts, his minions, fallen angels. The principalities and powers here is used to refer to fallen angels who rebelled against God, joined the devil to go against God. God will use your life to show them that you are victorious through Christ, to show them that you have been reconciled to God through Jesus. That you are restored. What you've lost, what they stole from you, you have gained through Jesus. Amen. So this scripture is talking about your victory and the devil's defeat. Over and over, 
God will enforce the devil's defeat in your life by manifesting victory upon victory daily in your life. You will go from glory to glory. You go from grace to grace, miracle upon miracle. In varied ways, God will work many different miracles. And through it, will demonstrate his love for you to the devil and his powers and principalities. Rulers of the darkness of this world will see this, that God loves you, that you have God's glory, that you are victorious, you are united with God, you are married to God through Jesus. Amen. Reconcile to God that God is building your life. God is removing hatred. God is removing division and bringing unity and bringing love. Amen. According to Ephesians 3.10, to the intent, God had this objective. God had this intention, this purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to get this. Look at God. He says, it is my objective that you will not fail. God has not meant or designed one failure for you. No, you cannot be defeated. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus. Let's look at God's intention. Not my intention, not yours. Let's look at God's intention. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not so much that we are the ones who want to prosper, who want to do well. No, 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 no. It is not even about you. It's about God. God wants his children to do well. God wants to provide for you so that people will say, God is a father who takes care of his children. Are you getting this? It's not so much as, well, look at their lives. Oh, they have this and that and the other. No, no, no. It's look at what the father, their father has done for them. Look at what their father has given to them. Amen. People will see your good works and what? Give glory to your father in heaven. Life is about glory being given to God. Creation was for the glory of God and of Christ. All things were created for Christ. Amen. And for his glory. If you, if you begin to look at life that way, then the pressure for you to take care of yourself, protect yourself, manage yourself, is taken off of you and placed solely on God. Which is where it should be in the first place. Amen. The problem with us is that we try to build a house ourselves and we get frustrated, we get stressed out. God says, you shouldn't do it. For except the Lord build a house, those who labor, labor in vain. But if you let the Lord build your life, for the maker of all things is God. He is the builder of all things. If you let him build your life, if you let God manifest the purpose for which he created you, through you, then victory will manifest in your life. Even if difficulties come, challenges come, as long as you are walking in the purpose of God for your life, and you are where God wants you to be, principalities and powers will bow. They will salute you and they will say that the Lord is truly with you. Amen. Demons will say, Jesus we know and you we know. Amen. It's happened before in scripture. Praise God. There's a demon that spoke through a man. I know a lot of you know it, but a lot of the time you, it's when he's spoken to you, the emphasis is placed on the defeat. 
The demon said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But you, who are you? And most of us have been taught about the who are you part. When the demon <laughs> strengthened this man and beat up seven people. The seven people were beating up because they did not know God. And they were trying to use the name of Jesus to cast out demons. They were exorcists. Exorcists. Using whatever it was they, they were using. Until they saw that Paul was casting out demons with the name of Jesus. So they just took that as another tool which they added to their arsenal of weapons that they were using to, to do the practice the exorcism. Unfortunately, because they were not born again, they did not know God, when they tried to use the name of Jesus, the demon in the man said to them, you are, you, you are vagabond Jews. You are base fellows. You are not united to God. You are not connected, connected to God. You have no authority over me because you are not born again. You are not like Paul. So the demon spoke and said, Jesus, I know. He is Lord. And Paul, I acknowledge. When you study the Greek in Acts 19, that's what the demon is saying. He says, Jesus, I know. I know as Lord. Paul, I acknowledge. So all who are like Paul, that is born again, demons acknowledge. You get that? Yes. That was the day that a demon admitted that God's wisdom was manifested to demons through Paul. I pray that you catch that. The demon said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But you, who are you to come cast me out? So the demon is saying, when Jesus drives me out, I'll go. When Paul drives me out, I'll go. God's wisdom was manifested to that demon, and demons like that particular demon that had been tormenting people. Right? God's wisdom was manifested to them through the ministry of Jesus and through the ministry of Paul. And Paul represents Christians. Paul represents true born-again believers. So demons admitted at one time that they acknowledge believers. When we use God's power, God's wisdom to enforce their defeat. Amen. Victory is coming to you. It's manifested in your life. Believe that. Amen. Confess that. Declare that. And it will manifest. It will come to pass. Stand your ground, ladies and gentlemen. If you're born again, stand your ground. No matter what any ruling spirit is doing, any power, any throne, any altar is speaking against you. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. Amen. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. Praise God. There is no sacrifice. That has been performed by the Asians speaking in your family against you. That can withstand the power of the speaking blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that we have come unto Mount Zion. We have come to the city of the living God. We have come to the blood of Jesus Christ that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We have come into the company of an innumerable number of angels. There are more that be for you than those who are against you. That is Hebrews 12, verse 24. You have come to the blood of Jesus. Amen. You are walking in the blood of Jesus. As we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus consistently, constantly purifies us, sanctifies us, cleanses us, washes us from every sin. You can't save yourself. But God has saved you. 
through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus. That was the demonstration of God's wisdom, which Satan did not understand. I'll explain that further. Let's finish off here. Ephesians 3.10. So this is God's intention. Not my intention, not yours. Look at God. God says, to the intent for this objective, this purpose, that now, not after I die and go to heaven. No, no, no. Victory now. Prosperity now. Healing now. Strength now. Vitality now. The darkness of Satan's power is over. When? Now. It happened on the cross. Amen. When Jesus said it is finished, it was over for the devil. You were free. If the Son of God sets you free, you're free indeed. I pray for you that the true light of Jesus will shine today in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, there are challenges in life, but you can't give up because God wants to manifest his wisdom by which he defeated the devil. He wants to manifest it in your life right now so that Satan will regret over and over rebelling against God and even regret crucifying Jesus. I'll show you that when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. But let's read on Ephesians 3.10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers. So God has targeted them. God says, I'm going to show you. Satan and all these fallen angels who rebelled against God in heaven. I'm going to show you. You made a mistake. You made a wrong choice. You defeated. You cannot control humanity. You cannot destroy the I'll redeem them by the blood of Jesus. I'll wash and sanctify them by the word of God. I'll iron out the creases in their life by the fire of my spirit. The heat of my spirit will iron out the creases in their life. I will wash and sanctify them through the word and they'll be presented unto God. Glorious without spot, without wrinkle. Or any such thing. No blemish because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. You had no idea that in crucifying Jesus, I was set humanity free. So you went ahead and entered, Satan entered Judas to betray Jesus. I want to tell you today, even if the devil possesses your best friend to like just like the devil entered Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus, you will come up on top. Because Jesus Christ has already been betrayed. The greatest betrayal has already occurred. The Holy God came down to become human. He who had never sinned was betrayed who ate with him of the same bowl. He was despised. He was rejected. He came to his own people and his own people did not receive him. But John 1 says, as many as received him, as many as believed on him, God gave them the power, the legal right, divine right to become the children of God. We're not going to hell, we're going to heaven. 
We are not children of the devil. We are children of God. We are not defeated. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. This must be your confession. This must be your resolve. No matter what I'm going through, the light will shine in my way. That must be your confession. No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. Why? It's not even about what you want or what you are doing. It is God's intent. You got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. It is God's intent, God's objective, God's purpose to show the devil you are defeated. Hallelujah. To show principalities and powers in heavenly places. What? Ephesians 3.10 says that it might be made known by the church. So God isn't doing it apart from the church. God is working through your life. Hallelujah. I see you victorious. I see the sick healed today. I see that pain in your body driven out by the power of God. I see cancerous cells killed, dying by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. I see tumors shriveling in Jesus' name by the fire of God be healed now. Now, now, not next year, now, not when you go to glory, right now. Ephesians 3 verse 10 again, ladies and gentlemen, let's live there, let's live in the scripture. Let's do something mighty in your spirit today. He says to the intent, the objective, the purpose, that when, now, receive your healing, now. Now when you go to your doctor next week, now. So when you go next week, the doctor will confirm that, in fact, yes, I see a change. It is not supposed to be this way. You've been going through this thing for so long, and data tells us that this doesn't happen this way, but we don't know what happened. There's a change. There's a change. There's a change. The blood work shows us there is a change. Something has happened. Why? God has made known to principalities and powers that he healed you through Jesus. That Jesus bore your sickness. He bore your diseases. And by his stripes, you are healed. Oh, but pastor, that thing came back. Yes, it may have come back. But God has brought me back to you to tell you again that by the stripes of Jesus, you were and are healed. So when do you believe God right now? Right now, now faith is the substance of things hopeful. We're not talking about yesterday, we're not talking about tomorrow, we're talking about right now. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith. He doesn't say yesterday faith, he said tomorrow faith. He says, Right now, now that you are listening, today is your day of salvation. Right now is the acceptable time. Come on, say it with me. Right now is the acceptable time. Right now that I'm hearing this word, God is manifesting my victory to Satan. To principalities, to powers. There are no altars in your family that can speak against you to destroy your life. There's none. Their power is over. And you know who is manifesting it? It's not you. It is God. To the intent. God has an objective. God has never failed. Ladies and gentlemen, we know humans who have done some amazing things. Human, humans who make mistakes have, have done some amazing things. Resolve to do something and they carry that. Execute it. How much more 
a living God who is not limited, who is omnipotent, all-powerful, who is omniscient in his wisdom, all-knowing, who is omnipresent, everywhere present. The zeal of the Lord will perform it. I'm telling you right now, the blood of Jesus is giving you life. It is speaking life to you. Right now, the fire of God is killing that tumor. The fire of God is killing that cancer. The fire of God is driving humans through cauterization technology, medical technology, biotechnology, can send heat into your body, target your body through laser technology and kill something. I am telling you today that the fire of God has targeted that tumor and is killing now. Now. When? Now. You will come into strength. You will come into power. You will rise and you will shine. You will thrive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See what is fragmented, broken up. Now being made whole. God is putting things together. All things are held together by the word of his power. I pray that your body will not fall apart. What has been falling apart, I pray that it will come together. May wholeness come. May strength come. May vitality come. What you've lost, may God restore to you in the name of Jesus. There shall be restoration of all things. Did you know there's a scripture that actually says Jesus is seated? Listen, gentlemen, there's a scripture that says Jesus is seated till the time of the restoration of all things. Yes, until what you lost is restored to you, Jesus isn't coming. He's seated, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Amen? That is for you. Your enemies to be made your footstool. And when they are made your footstool, they are made Jesus' footstool because we are the body of Christ. He's the head, and we are the body. Like you yourself, your feet, right? They connect to your body, and your head is up, right? Your head is up. So if you put your foot on something, it's under you. Well, we are the body of Christ. He's our head. Amen. So when something's under the feet of Jesus, it means you're under the feet of the body of Christ. You get that? Amen. Jesus is seated to the time of the restoration of all things. Amen. Somebody says, Pastor, where's that scripture? Let me, let me show it to you. I'm not done with Ephesians 3, but let me show it to you. It's in Acts. Acts 3, I believe. Maybe 21. Just give me a second to check it. Acts 3, 21. Yes. Acts 3.21 is the verse, but I'm going to read from 20. It'll make sense if I read from 20. Acts 3.20. And he said, he shall send Jesus Christ, who before was preached unto you. Verse 21. Whom the heaven must receive, that is, receive Jesus, until the time of the restoration or restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Look at God. From the beginning of the world, God says, I'm going to restore. I'm going to put things back in the original position that I, the living God, intended them to be. What is broken? God will 
or mend. A broken reed he will not throw away. Hallelujah. Bruised and broken, he will not throw away. Ladies and gentlemen, we are broken people. It's a broken world. But God will not discard us. God will not throw you away. God will restore. He meant broken relationships. He meant broken minds, broken emotions. God restores. Hallelujah. Today I just sense that God is manifesting your victory and enforcing the defeat of the devil. God is showing up big time in your life. Amen. Go back with me to Ephesians 3.10. He says, to the intent, God says, this is my objective. Oh, hallelujah. I love God. This is my objective. This is my purpose. To the intent that when? Now. Now. And that's what you got to get. Now faith is. When? Now. Not yesterday. Listen, don't say, oh, pastor, yes, you don't know what I went through last week. You don't know what my children put me through. You don't know what my husband's put me through these past 10 years. You see, that is your problem. You're not dealing with now faith is. You still let the devil take you to the past. We're not talking about the past. Forgetting the things that are behind. Let's press on. Press on. Press on. Take hold of what God has for you. Praise God. Praise God. You ever seen anybody driving to get somewhere who's always looking back and driving back? No. 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 So how do you think you're going to make it when, as I counsel you, as I teach you, pray for you, and talk to you from Scripture, you keep saying, my pastor, well, you don't know. Pastor, you don't know. Okay, I don't know. Now what are we going to do? Let's move forward to what God has for us. Amen. I know God is bigger than your problem. God is greater than whoever tormented you. He says here, right now, I'm going to show principalities and powers. I love this. I love that God did not say, I'm going to show demons. Because, you know, in people's minds, usually, when we're thinking about what the devil is doing and how strong his works are, we think about principalities and powers. So God chose those two. He says, when it comes to authorities, <laughs> right now, I'm going to show the authorities. I'm going to show the principalities. I'm going to show the powers. Yes. The marine spirits. I'm going to show them. Whatever it is that they tell you. Ruling spirits over Washington, D.C. The rulers of the darkness of this world. And people get into all kinds of things. There's the Illuminati. And they build up all these things. Let it, ladies and gentlemen, tell you this. God says he's going to show now. Illuminati, whatever it is they call it. Principalities and powers. He's going to show them. The manifold. Not one-sided, but many-sided, multicolored, multifaceted wisdom of the living God through the church. Might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. God created the church in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, God broke down the middle wall of partition, separation, division between Jew and Gentile. God broke it down by the cross of Christ and he united Jews and Gentiles in Christ. This, the 
was hidden from the devil. Hallelujah. Hatred was defeated on the cross by the Lamb of God. Amen. Yes. Hatred was defeated on the cross by the love of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus. And whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ephesians 3, now verse 10. According to the eternal purpose, wow, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God had a purpose. God had an objective. He keeps repeating it. God's intent. God's purpose. That eternally he determined to manifest. So the repetition, what that does, ladies and gentlemen, is that gives us confidence. God is just repeating himself. I have a purpose, I have an intention, I decided this before you were created. That is so that we'll be confident, we'll be bold. So naturally then, the spirit progresses from Ephesians 3, 10, 11, in 10, where it talks to us about the intention of God, the objective of God, 11, where he Emphasize, repeats his eternal purpose. The repetition is so that you become confident. So naturally, the spirit will then progress to the next thought, the next verse, which is Ephesians 3, verse 12, to talk about confidence. Look at verse 12. Did you catch it? In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Jesus. Amen. Let me say something to those of you who are minstrels, worship leaders. You need to get songs from the Bible. Some of you have sweet songs, nice songs, but they are not biblical. They are not scriptural. We can't sing them. They don't bring us life. It's just sweet. It's no different from, I won't mention anybody's name. It's no different from a worldly song. You need to get, you need to get in the word. Just like just I show, I just showed it to you here. God says in verse 10, I have an intention. Ephesians 3:10, everybody get it, especially worshipers, minstrels, songwriters. Get this. Let me show you this. Ephesians 3:10. Look at to the intent. Everybody says intent. What is your intention? What, what's in your mind? What's your objective? You get it? In verse 10, there's intention. That is your mind, your resolve your purpose, your design, your objective. Then he repeats it in verse 11. So there's a flow, there's a thought flow, there's a progression. The Holy Spirit is going somewhere. Verse 11, he emphasizes that thought in verse 10. In verse 11, he says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed. You see the repetition? When you do that, you're trying to assure somebody. You're trying to build confidence in the person. So naturally, the next thought will be what? Confidence. The next thought will be, you have to be bold. <laughs> Do you get it? It's like scripture says in Hebrews 13, God has said 
so we may boldly say. So if you're writing a song like that, based on someone like this, where there's an intention, where there's a purpose, and it's repeated, it is so that naturally the person will be bold. So the next line in your song for the songwriter should be about boldness, confidence. You can't, you can't at that point go to something weak about weakness. Otherwise, we just have a sweet song that does not change anybody. Doesn't save, doesn't heal, doesn't deliver. I felt good, fine. But I could just as well have listened to a Motown song. And I still feel good, but there's no healing, there's no deliverance, there's no transformation. <laughs> Hallelujah. You learn something. Praise God. So you can apply the same thing I just taught you in prayer. When the Spirit takes you to a place where the prayer is being built up, you need to keep flowing. Just go as he's building it up. Go with the cadence. Go with the momentum. Don't as you pray, don't stop and go back to your problem. And then start telling God about the problem. When the Holy Spirit in the prayer has been building up, telling you about the victory. Keep going with the victory. Till what God is doing is completed. For he that has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. He begins, he finishes. But sometimes when he begins, we don't let him finish. We get in the flesh and we pull out of the spirit. It's like some of you, when somebody is prophesying and the prophecy is good, then you start clapping. If the prophecy is good, you need to listen and receive it with your spirit and meditate on it. Nurse what you're hearing in your spirit. You should control your emotions and not start clapping. Because when you clap, we shut the person down. We're no longer listening. It's like a lot of us, when we're in church, and the pastor says, let's give glory to God. You ever notice this? The pastor says, church, let's give glory to God. So we all do. Why do we think glory to God means clap? Give glory to God means say it. Lord, I give you glory. But most of us, and we have remained babes in Christ. You go to many churches. People do that all the time. I'm a pastor. I know this. Church, let's give glory to God. You know that. Just watch it. Let's give glory, honor, and praise to God. Give glory to God. Everybody. What is that? But this is the problem pastors have. When you correct the people, they get offended. When they are carnal people, they get offended. So the pastor is thinking about the time to pay the church bill and he doesn't correct them. That's a pastor to who is being fearful. <laughs> Lord Jesus, may we see your glory. Today, there is a change. Satan is crying. He's saying, please don't tell them that. Don't tell them these deep things. You are being liberated. Hallelujah. Somebody's prophesying and it's good. Listen. When God talked to Mary, the Bible says she nursed these words in her spirit. Yes, we all want to shout. Once something is good, I want to say, Hallelujah! Yes! 
that if I keep screaming, the next person keeps screaming. By the time the whole church joins in, the person who's prophesying can no longer be heard. It's a time for everything. Music clapping was bad. It's a time for it. Amen. It's a time where we have shouted unto God with a voice of triumph. So let's say we get to a place where the pastor or some song leader or whoever is leading us says, praise God, it's victory time. You know, give the Lord a shout. Yes, we shout. But when somebody is prophesying, he says, you know, for example, here, my children, I have this, I'll do this. And then you start clapping. You start screaming. Well, how are you going to hear what God is saying? And I'm telling you, when you know spiritual things, you know sometimes the devil will just needle people. We just stop. We'll move just one person to try to stop the move of God. We just move one person to start doing the wrong thing. And then other people pick up on it and they join in. And before long, it cuts off what God is doing, where God is taking us to manifest the victory. Yes. So let's learn these things and put the devil to flight. In Jesus' name. Amen. You learned something today? Praise God. So Ephesians 3, verse 10, there's an intention, there's a purpose. Verse 11, the purpose is repeated. So that verse 12 will have what? Boldness. Look at verse 12. Ephesians 3, 12. In whom we have boldness. And what? Access. You got to enter. You're going somewhere. Access with what? Confidence. By the faith of him, Christ. It's not our faith. It is his faith. <laughs> he came and he defeated the devil for you. He came and he sat on the cross. It is finished. He said, finished. Done. In Greek, that is time. Finished. Hallelujah. But in his native language, native tongue, Aramaic, he said a word that means the same as shalom, hope. Mashallah. In Aramaic. He didn't speak Greek that day on the cross. No. He spoke his mother tongue. He just said Talistaya in the Greek. Because the New Testament was first written in Greek. Jesus didn't say that. He was finished in Greek. Neither did he say it in English. He said it in what would be Hebrew, but his native language, Aramaic. His mother's tongue is Aramaic. Still spoken in Israel and Syria. Aramaic. And the word he said is the same as whole, complete, shalom, finished, done. What was fallen apart, Aramaic. You get something from that. So all this wisdom, how do we get it? You need to get born again. God puts his spirit in you. Your spirit becomes new. Then God's spirit communicates with that newborn spirit. That's how you get to know the wisdom of God. Amen. Human beings don't have God's wisdom. Human beings have human wisdom. 
that sometimes they are exposed to the devil's wisdom. So in this world, we have three types of wisdom. We have the devil's wisdom that comes to nothing. Satan will always, eventually, fail. If you just hang in there <laughs> long enough, haven't done all, stand, and stand therefore, my God, you will see the devil's defeat manifest. And you will see the turnaround. Your way maker will make a way for you. So there's the devil's wisdom and there's man's wisdom. Man, man's wisdom has done some amazing things. Man's wisdom has taken us to the moon. <laughs> Look, can you just sometimes I think about it. Like, so somebody just sat there when I was a child, I would look at the stars and look up at the moon, just look at it and appreciate it. But somebody sat there and said, I want to walk on nothing. <laughs> and then they began to figure out how to do it. How to get there. That's amazing. We have done some amazing things. The other day I heard something that really bothered me and I prayed against it. Because sometimes human beings are silly, very silly. I heard that some wealthy people, I think one of the wealthiest, probably the world, I don't know, but you know, one of the wealthiest or maybe the second wealthiest and some other people, right? They were trying to come up with this thing. They're going to go mess up with the sun. Trying to reduce the amount of heat energy and sunlight that we get from the sun. Try to sense of gases out there. I, I was like, what? Who do you think you are? What is wrong with you? Just because you got money doesn't mean you get to decide how much sunlight the rest of us have in the world. I rebuke that spirit. I rebuke that demon talking to them. Human beings can be crazy sometimes. God made his son a long time ago to shine on this earth. Then you decide, let's go block the sand. Do you even know what else is going to happen to us? They just have money so they can think of crazy things to do. The Lord judge you. May the Lord judge you in the name of Jesus. May we live and our world live. Praise the Lord. It's like when this COVID thing started. This same person and his family were saying that you know, uh, all these black people in Africa is going to be falling dead on the streets like flies. COVID is going to take them out. It didn't happen. Rebuke those words in Jesus' name. It didn't happen. Thank God. And yet the leadership in America, the greatest country in the world, they were messing up. Just because you have money doesn't mean you just have to mouth up. You need, I'm telling you these things so that sometimes on the news, when you take note, you hear some of these things, you know there's a spirit that is speaking through this person, and you rebuke the spirit in Jesus' name. Give you another example. Let's say it's hurricane season. It happens around the world. And the news, they start reporting. Sometimes, the devil speaks through some of these people. Yes, I know they have their scientific facts and all of that. Just tell me Scientifically, what is happening, this, that, and that. But don't prophesy. 
Don't use the data and say, all right, a million people are going to die. This hurricane is going to kill everybody. Stop saying that. Sometimes you hear the news people say that. Whenever I hear that, I rebuke that tongue, those words in Jesus' name. Don't just live here and be silent. It is the wisdom of the devil working through the wisdom of man to corrupt, to destroy. When you see that, you need to speak against it. You need to rebuke it. Spirits manifest in this world through speech. Let me repeat. Spirits, they manifest their intention, their energy, their purpose and objective primarily, in this world primarily, through speech. What a spirit thinks it wants to do, how does it do it? By saying it. God says, I'm going to make the world. So what does God do? He says, light be. Let there be light. He spoke it. God created the world by speaking. Amen. So that's part of God's wisdom. If you want something to happen as a spirit being, you need to speak it out. And not only speak it out, but furthermore, because we're already in the world, when you want something to happen in a particular area, you need to find the source of that thing and speak to the source to produce what you want. You get it? Give me an example. So when you look at Genesis, after God said, light be, he speaks it, and light comes. Then God speaks the firmament into being, firmament comes. God speaks the oceans into being, right? But he knows in his mind what the oceans can produce. So he speaks to the source. He speaks to the ocean and he says, let the sea break this. This is not difficult. You stick with me now. Whatever you want, you go to the source. Then you speak to the source. So God knew there was fish in the ocean. God knew birds. <laughs> birds would come out of the water. The seed of life of the birds, he already programmed and put it in the water. So what God wanted, God spoke to the ocean. He said, let fish come. So, the molecules of hydrogen and oxygen now begin to morph. Come, and then it morphs into a dolphin. Then it morphs into a whale. You understand that? Yeah. So, whatever you want, it is in that source. Speak to the source and it will produce for you. What spirits want to do in our world, they do it through speech. That is why when spirits want to kill people, they will say, okay, we're sending the God of destruction, Hurikan, hurricane. The God of destruction is Hurikan. That is where hurricane comes from. Then they get a human being who has authority on earth to say, Hurikan, come and wipe this island out. Now, what we need is you, the church, the born-again person, to, to show the wisdom of God to the to Hurikan, the demon of destruction that is using the wind. 
which is a normal thing, to try to destroy. We need you, the church, to stand with the authority of the name of Jesus and say, I cancel the edict of darkness, what has been spoken, what has been legislated in the spirit realm. I, with authority, in the name of Jesus, now God is going to show the principality, the ruling spirit, that power over that island that wants to destroy it. God has raised me up in the middle of the night. Pray. You have authority. So you get up and you pray. And you say, in the name of Jesus, who recant. Even if you don't know the name, it doesn't matter. Call out whatever Jesus is doing. And say, I command you to stop. In Jesus' name. You will not have peace, United States. Spirit of hatred. Spirit of division. You are not of God. Jesus died so there will be unity, not division. The spirit of racism, the spirit of division, the spirit of hatred in America is not of God. Rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. That's what you do. You don't just watch the TV program, watch the news and say, oh, it's bad these days. Oh, the world's gone to their doors. Oh, no, 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 no. You are the church of Jesus. And God wants to show that power, that principality, God's wisdom. Through you. So put that thing under your feet. In Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 8. I already mentioned it. I said I'll bring you there. Please come with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The manifold wisdom of God. So let's look at this picture of God's wisdom. First Corinthians 2. For it to flow better, it's actually verse 8. But to flow better, I'm going to start from verse 6. First Corinthians 2, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom. I'm speaking wisdom. I've been, I've been dishing out, serving you God's wisdom today. Let the children of wisdom receive it. Amen. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. Whose spirit is righteous, born again. That are perfect. We have come to the spirit of righteous men made perfect. That's where you are. I quoted it already. Hebrews 12, verse 24. You have come into the city of the living God. Into the company of an innumerable number of angels. To the church of the firstborn. And to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. So the perfection here. Has to do with what Christ has done by his blood. Not how perfect you are in your life. But the perfect blood of Jesus that has purified you. You get this? Okay. First Corinthians 2. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. So this world has its wisdom. Nor of the demons, the powers, the principalities of the princes of this world that come to what? Not. Nothing. Zero. So in verse 6, there's a wisdom of this world. Then there's a wisdom of principalities. Have to not, not. Hang in there, as they say in the world. 
But the same thing in there, God says in this way, stand fast. Stand fast. I have done all. Stand. Amen. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God. So how many types of wisdom have we seen? Three. Wisdom of this world. Wisdom of demons that come to naught. Comes to zero. Satan is declining to his end. <laughs> Amen. Like right now. I see Reverend Stephanie in church. Reverend Stephanie is going to be in heaven. So that's one less person in hell. You understand this? We are depopulating hell and we are populating heaven. I will go to heaven because of my faith in Jesus. Hell has lost. And God has shot me as a fiery arrow into the darkness of this world to let his people know the darkness of Satan's power is over. And everywhere I've gone, I've seen God deliver people from demonic power. I've seen God heal people. I've seen God save people from sin. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. God has used me in ministry to raise up ministers. I've seen people that I've led to Christ, baptized in water. Touch them the basic principles of Christianity. Build them up. And they are now ministers. Some of my missionaries around the world. This is what God can do with a human life that is submitted to him. We can change this world. We can bring life where there's death. We can bring light where there's darkness. We can bring love where there's hatred. You are not going down. You are coming up. Woo, hallelujah. He says, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world to what? Our glory. Our glory. That you will be brilliant. You will shine. Show forth God's glory in the earth. You will be as a city set on a hill. This past week, God gave me a revelation. He said to me, you need to let my people know this. That they will be sought after. Yes. You will be sought after. You will be chased after for your wisdom. Because people know that when you come into a situation, life comes. Love comes. Healing comes. Unity comes. We are not joining in to bring division in America. Red state and blue state. What is that? The country is called the United States. United. Zetas unique. United States of America. Probably the only country in the world where the government can threaten to shut down. You ever notice that? It is so ridiculous. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, are these people even serious? These are our leaders? You ever notice that? Because I live in Washington, I see it. And it's happened to my congregation members. We have to pray for people not to be furloughed. People who want work for the federal government in Washington, D.C. Sometimes if Congress cannot come 
to a conclusion, they don't have a budget, the government will shut down. I'm like, what? <laughs> they need to fire all of them. Because when it shuts down, people are not paid. You don't go to work. Can you imagine? Let me ask you something. Can you imagine your gas company shutting down? Can you imagine your water company shutting down? Electricity company shutting down? Do you think, I don't even want to mention any name to advertise for them, but all the companies that send products, packages, deliver packages, one of them is like the biggest right now. Do you think that he gets up and he says, let me see, I think we'll shut down today. They don't do that. Yet our government, we have all the big people standing there, Democrats, right? They are arguing over God who knows what. Well, if we can't decide, one human being, Mitch, sometimes it's Mitch, another time it's somebody else, Mitch and Chich, and they can't get along. So they shut down, it affects all of us. We need to fire all. My point is that sometimes we, act, we get used to, we accept that it's normal. It's not normal. It is, it is not normal. You, you can't live your life just being afraid. Okay, so the government shuts down my, my mortgage, uh, my bills, my... And you live fearful. That is not the will of God. Well, 1 Corinthians 2, now verse 8. This wisdom says in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Wow. So actually, the devil does not even know God's wisdom that you know. Verse 9, but as the passage is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him. Verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Yaman. The deep things of the multicolored aspects, variety of God's wisdom can be revealed to your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And then as they reveal to you and you speak the wisdom, you act on the wisdom of God. The powers, the princes, the principalities, they bow. They defeat it. They say, Jesus, I know you I know. They say, Jesus, have you come to cast us out before the time? You say, yes. Now is the time for this person's deliverance. Now is the time for God's salvation. The day of liberty has come. Your jubilee, I announce to you, has come. Because Jesus has come. Amen. Let's end with this. What was God's wisdom here that was hidden from the devil? What was it? He says it right there. If they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So what was God's wisdom? God's wisdom was hidden in the crucifixion of Christ. 
God hid his wisdom in the cross. God was like this. Yeah. You're going to go and crucify Jesus, right? You're not killing him for him. He's dying for, for people, for the world. And when you crucify him, this is the only implement. Ladies and gentlemen, follow this. Wisdom. God's wisdom is this. The only implement in the world that can remove curses is the cross. In the spirit realm, in God's economy, the only thing that can purchase can buy and redeem, release somebody from curses is the currency of crucifixion, cross. I'm going to talk about that next week. Might be too next week. Yes, I think. Yes, yes, yes. In the spirit realm, the realm of the spirit, the only currency that can buy back, can redeem, right? Set somebody free, buy, redeem them from a curse is the cross. It's crucifixion. Yes. So God chose that. Talk about that some more next week. Anybody who is crucified is cursed. So for God to remove curses from us, Christ had to be crucified. The devil did not get it. He did not catch it. He didn't have that revelation. Even though God told him in the Garden of Eden, God told the devil. God said it to the woman. God said it to Adam. God said it to the devil. The seed of the woman shall bruise or crush the head of the serpent. And the serpent shall bruise his heel. Whatever you want, you need to talk to the source that will produce it. There's the man who will come to save us, the man child who would come to save us, had to come from a woman. So God talked to the woman. The devil heard it too. But sometimes you can't help it. Because you have to speak, you speak. Your enemy may hear. I'm not saying go broadcast, you know, your plans to the devil or to your enemy. But the spiritual thing I'm teaching is that. Because the wisdom of God is hidden from the devil, sometimes even after you say it, your enemy does not catch it. But you may have to say it because you're speaking to the source that will produce it. So God tells the woman in Genesis 3.15, we'll do that next week, but Genesis 3.15, God says to the woman, you, woman, you produce a seed. So you have to speak to the source that will produce what you want. But the devil was there to hear it. The devil was there through the serpent. So the serpent heard it. And God said, he said, you will bite his heel. But you will crush your head. 
The thing with your enemy is that your enemy is so focused on biting your heel that he does not realize, watch it, to bite the heel, you got to put your head near the feet. But the enemy does not think that way, that, oh, if I put my head near the feet, the feet can also that's a problem with enemies. They're so focused on hating you that they never see that they dug a pit that they're going to fall on. That they've erected gallows, the guillotine, to chop off their own head. They're hung on their own gallows. The devil through the cross, the curse is removed and the blessing is gone. Through the cross, the blood has been shed and the blood of Jesus has washed us. Through the cross, we are reconciled to God. No longer enemies. Now we are united to God. Through the cross, God showed his love to humanity. And the devil could not get it. That for sinners, filthy sinners, God will let his son die on the cross. God, he couldn't get it. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the son Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I pray for you today. If you are not born again, please say, Jesus, I receive you. You are the one who was lifted up on the cross. On the cross, you took my sin. On the cross, you took my curses. Now I can have your righteousness. Now I can have your blessings. Now I can be reconciled to God. I give my life to you, Jesus. I come to you now. Father, make me your child. I receive Jesus as my personal Savior and my Lord. Please make this your prayer right now. Make it your prayer. If you put it in your own words and you pray to God that you believe in Jesus who died for your sins on the cross who was raised up from the dead for you. If you just put that in your own words and you just pray to God you're born again. You're united to God. You're reconciled. Now I pray this prayer to sever, to cut off the ties that you had with the enemy because of whatever covenants you made by speech or by some action, some sacrifice, or something that was made for you. It doesn't matter what. I pray for you right now. Father, I release the blood of Jesus upon you. 
people all over the world right now. The speaking blood of Jesus, I pray that by the blood of Jesus that speaks over them, every covenant, every covenant they've entered into, was entered into for them. My father's mothers, by matriarchs and patriarchs, I pray in Jesus' name that they be cancelled, cancelled, and their effects removed from them and their families. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, may the blood of Jesus speak for them. And by the power of the cross of Christ, may every curse be removed and the blessings of Abraham come upon them. Blessings that make rich, to which God adds no sorrow. Therefore, sorrow leave, flee, and let joy come in the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. May the power of depression be broken over your life and your family. Confusion of mind be removed in Jesus' mighty name. Because Jesus bore your pain, he bore your sickness, he bore your diseases. He wore a crown of thorns on his head, poking his brow and blood flowing out that the blood may speak peace of mind for you. I pray for intelligence. I pray for wisdom, divine sophies to be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Any child in your family that has been diagnosed with autism, or ADHD, attention deficit syndrome, hyperactivity that hinders them from learning. I pray against that spirit. May the blood give you life to your mind, life to your mind. May you receive life to the spirit of your mind. I pray for life for the spirit of your mind. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Same God who gave to Daniel and his three friends skill, understanding, wisdom, ability to learn and understand. Languages, mathematics. May this same God give to your household and to your generations intelligence, wisdom, know-how, skill in the name of Jesus. I pray even for financial intelligence, financial skill. May you receive the power to get wealth and that you use that wealth to extend the gospel of Jesus all over the world. You use that wealth to help the poor. You use that wealth to change lives. God give you skill in wealth management, wealth generation and management. May you have the heart, the good heart, to use it to help people. For the glory of God. I pronounce you blessed. I pronounce you blessed. Rise and shine. I pronounce you blessed. Walk in the liberty of the cross of Christ. I pronounce you blessed. Walk as the people of God. Victorious. Through whom the Lord manifests the victory of Christ. And shows forth his wisdom. The manifold wisdom of God. To powers, principalities, to the enemy and his cohorts. You are free. In Jesus' name, you are blessed. Spirit, soul, and body. Finances, family, relationships, everything about your life is blessed. 
to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, by the faith of the living God, I call it done and I give praise to God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Give praise to God. Now you can clap. Now you can shout. You can thank God. Be free. Do whatever you want to do. You can clap your hands. You can shout. You can say praise the Lord. You can say hallelujah. Just express yourself however you want to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God Almighty. May God manifest your victory to principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Give honor and praise to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you, church. God bless you all. Praise God. Yes, I receive it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Gloria adieu. Gloria adios. Glory be to God. In Shirankanya, glory be to God. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise God in any language you want. Praise Him in French. Praise Him in Spanish. Praise Him in English. Praise in African languages. Praise the Lord, somebody. Glory be to God Almighty. Glory be to God. Gloria a Dios. Gloria a Dios. Gloria a Dios. Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God manifests you as his victorious ones. God show off and show up in your life. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. For all given into this ministry. The Lord bless you financially. I pray over your finances. I pray for your giving. For those who are the team with us in church. And everybody around the world. You can support this ministry. World Missions Ministries. If this ministry has been a blessing to you today. Over the years. As God uses us to communicate spiritual things to you. Communicate your natural things. To help us do the work of God. There are three ways you can give to this ministry. Well, Missions Ministries, three ways to provide for you to be able to give to support. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Number one, you can give via Zelle. Zelle transfer to World Missions Ministries. Phone number for Zelle transfer is 571-234-2387. I repeat, Zelle transfer, phone number for Zelle transfer to World Missions Ministries. It's 571-234-2387. If that doesn't work for you, you can give via PayPal. Give to World Missions Ministries via PayPal. It's very simple. You just go to wmmchurch.org. Wmmchurch. One word. Wmmchurch.org. Right, so go online to wmmchurch.org and just click the donate button and give as you choose and as the Lord has blessed you via PayPal. God bless you. Finally, you can give by mail. You can send a check 
the World Missions Ministries by mail. So anywhere in the world, send a check to World Missions Ministries, mail to 6805-6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. 20735. I repeat, mail checks to World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. And that is in the USA. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Glory be to God. Thanks for sharing this day with us. Tell somebody about this ministry. Join us same time every Sunday at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Facebook, YouTube. Please always remember once we start to share on Facebook, you can also subscribe to World Missions Ministries YouTube channel. And if you hit the notification button, Whenever we go live, you'll be notified so you don't miss any of our live ministrations. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Keep you, keep you, keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Give you favor. Cause you to walk in health, strong, viral, blessed to the overflow, to be a blessing. Jesus, much less name. Amen. God bless you.